Our last reading of the evening and the sermon is from Luke 2, verses 1 through 21. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each one to his own town. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house in the lineage of David. He went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. But the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Because unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, a heavenly army, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we pray that you would meet us here this evening, this night of hope, this night of grief, or this night that we remember the night you sent your son into the world, the night God came down and took on full humanity so that we can have salvation. Draw us closer to you this morning, this evening. And I pray that we would truly experience joyful worship because of what your son has done for us on the cross. It's in his name that we pray these things. Amen. Welcome all once again uh, to Peace Presbyterian Church. 
I, uh, I want to acknowledge, just for our, for our visitors, you know, I, I'd like to welcome you all and acknowledge that, you know, it's a, it's, you know, I'm feeling a lot of grief this evening. A number, member, a number of our members of the, a number of the members of our congregation are feeling grief this evening uh, because we've had a dear brother in the Lord um, pass away this afternoon. Uh, and it could be, you know, a little bit awkward for, you know, to come in and to, to experience this instead of a normal Christmas Eve service. And I want to acknowledge that, and I want to thank you for your patience with us this evening. As I said at the beginning of the service, uh, the message that I was planning on preaching, I entitled it, Good News of Great Joy for All the Peoples. Good News of Great Joy. And instead of, instead of changing that title, I thought it was best to continue with that title, to continue with that theme. Because I am convinced that the joy that Jesus Christ brings is even more real to us on nights and evenings like tonight. I invite you to think and consider what's the best news you've ever heard in your life. What's the best news you've ever received in your life? Maybe it was the words, she said yes. It happened with your granddaughter tonight, right? You have good news. Your granddaughter got engaged tonight. And isn't it an incredible joy when, when this, you know, a relationship that you've seen being, being drawn together, when they finally commit to getting married? It's beautiful news. It's wonderful news. It's one of the highlights of your life. Maybe it's the news, the test is negative, you're cancer-free. And the specter that's been hanging over you for months, if not years, is washed away, knowing that you're going to live to fight another day. Maybe it's the news, it's a girl. Because you or a loved one has brought into the world a new baby to bring joy and light and happiness wherever she smiles. I remember, for me, I remember the, the moment distinctly um, I have, a, I have a son, he's about, he's about one, one year old. He was born about a year ago in December. And, and I remember the moment that it happened. It, it happened unexpectedly. He came several weeks early. He wasn't due until mid to late January. He came really early. It was this whole complex thing. So it was a surprise. He was born in the middle of the night. He was born quickly. And my wife and I waited until the next morning in order to, to tell our families just because you know, we didn't want to wake them up in the middle of the night, and we wanted to try to sleep, but, you know, we didn't sleep anyway. But I remember, I remember calling my dad uh, around 7 in the morning, because I thought he'd be on his way to work. He was actually at work. And I remember I said, your grandson was born last night. And then I gave the time, but he didn't hear it. Because as soon as I said the first couple words, he burst into tears of joy. An unexpected gift, but a gift of joy nonetheless. We are all familiar with good news of great joy. We understand the concept. But what's, what's the good news here for the shepherds in this story? Right, the shepherds are just out in the field, you know, watching the flocks graze, just kind of doing their thing you know, bored, watching Netflix on their phones while the sheep are doing their things, just making sure they're not doing anything. They're just killing time. 
And an angel appears out of nowhere and says, a baby's been born. And if I, if I were the shepherds, it's probably a good thing that I wasn't one of the shepherds because I would have said, cool, a baby was born, but why do I care? Right? What, what does that mean for me? You know, good for the family. That's fantastic news. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure their parents and grandparents and everyone's going to be delighted at the happy birth and the safe birth and all that stuff. But why should a shepherd care about this baby that's born? Why is that good news of great joy to anyone who's not related to that baby? Much less the shepherds, much less all the people, as the text says. What's good about that news? The answer is that the baby who is born is the Savior, which is Christ the Lord. A savior. One of the texts that's been, that's been running through my brain this afternoon, I wasn't planning on mentioning it tonight, but one of the texts that, that's been running through my brain is from, from the book of Isaiah, and it's, and it's repeated in the Gospels in the story of Jesus. That text says that a people who dwell in darkness have seen a great light. A people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And we talked a little bit about this metaphor on Sunday, right? The sunrise that comes up after the long, dark night. This evening is a dark night, figuratively for many of us, literally, it's pitch black outside. And the Bible pictures the people of God in the Old Testament, throughout the Bible, as people walking in darkness. People who are not experiencing life as they should. I mention Adam and Eve a lot in my sermons. It's because they're central to the story of the Bible. But the fact that we walk in darkness goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. When they rejected God's plan for the human race... It cast all of us into sin. The Bible says that sin and death passed upon all of humanity because all have sinned. Scripture makes that absolutely clear. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No one is righteous. And when we look in this, chapter, in this passage in Luke chapter 2, when the angels are singing about good news to those with whom God is pleased, we are aware of the fact that by ourselves, there's no reason for God to be pleased with us. Maybe we think that there is. But when we're, when we're weighing, you know, is God pleased with me? Is God not pleased with me? Where is the line where God stops being pleased with people? We can think of some people who are on the other side of that line, right? People whom God is not pleased with. We don't have an issue doing that. Adolf Hitler, other side of the line for sure, right? Osama bin Laden, other side of the line. Lady who cut me off in the Meyer parking lot, probably other side of the line, maybe. It's always easy to find someone on the other side of the line, and when we do that, we tend to think that we are okay and that we're on this side of the line. But I'm willing to bet you can go to a prison in the state of Michigan, you can find someone who's been convicted of murder, who admits to murder. They'll say, yes, I killed that person, but they had it coming to them. But my cellmate... They're the really bad person. They did X, Y, and Z. 
So I did some bad stuff, but it was justified. And I think, yeah, I'll have God's favor. But the reality is, this is the reality, that we are not being judged by the standard of the worst people in the world. We are not even being judged by the standard of, you know, an ordinary person. We are being judged by the standard of a holy and almighty God who is holy and sinless and demands us to be holy and sinless. And by that standard, none of us make the cut. Not one of us. Each one of us have rebelled against God in our own way. Each one of us have set up little idols in our heart and worshipped those idols, worshipped the idols of self of sex, money, power, whatever it is. We have set up these idols and worshiped them instead of God, and because of that, none of us earn God's favor. There is none righteous, no, not one. We are a people walking in darkness. And the sin that runs rampant in our hearts is what brings on this world the death and the destruction that we experience. The reason we experience natural disasters and school shootings and friends passing away unexpectedly on the afternoon of Christmas Eve is not because God intended for it to be this way. He did not. He created a perfect world. But the reason we experience those things is because we, have, we as a human race have separated ourselves from God. We have sinned against God. We have chosen, like Adam and Eve did, to eat the fruit that we were not supposed to. And so we find ourselves separated from God. We are a people walking in darkness, struggling with our own sin, unable to overcome it on our own, living in a world that is full of death and destruction and the way things should not be. That is where we are. We are a people walking in darkness. But, and this is the good news, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. We walk in our sin, we walk in our selfishness, but there is hope. The reason that this is a good, the reason this is good news for the shepherds, the reason this is good news for all the peoples is not because, hey, a cute baby's been born. Why don't you go see it, check it out, check it out, look at his little cheeks. You know, it's crying and go enjoy it. No, that's not the reason it's good news. The reason that's good news is because Jesus Christ is our savior. He has come to save us from this existence. You see, Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. Only human being to ever do so. He lived the death that we could not live. We have tried. We try over and over and over. I bet a lot of us are going to make New Year's resolutions for 2020 to try to improve our life. But guess what? You're not going to be perfect in 2020. Jesus Christ lived that life for you. Jesus Christ died the death that we deserve to die. We deserve the wrath of God. We have chosen to separate ourselves from God. We have chosen to walk in darkness. And we deserve to have God's wrath poured out on us. But Jesus Christ took that wrath instead of us. He didn't deserve to die as a criminal, but he did for us. And he rose again from the dead. And when I say that, I don't mean that Jesus, you know, lives in our hearts or lives on in spirit. No, I mean his body's alive. 
He rose again from the dead in order to bring us to God so that one day, all of the death and destruction that we experience in this life will be reversed. David Haney's body will rise from the dead one day, as will all of ours if we pass away before Jesus Christ comes back again. And we will live eternally with him. Those of us who trust Christ will live eternally with him in full peace and happiness. That is what the life of Jesus means. He is the one who lived a perfect life, who died the death that we deserve, and rose again from the dead in order to fix all things. That is why Jesus Christ is the Savior. That is why this is good news. Because a baby, God himself taking on full humanity to do what we could not do on our own behalf, he is the salvation that has come into the world. So I invite each of us to respond this evening. And that may look like different things for different ones of us. There may be those here who, you know, you're here because it's Christmas Eve and it's a family thing and this is what you do. And you don't really have any interest in the whole Jesus thing. And I understand that. And there are those of you who are here who, who love Jesus and you've loved Jesus for years and you're going to continue to love Jesus. But there's a response for all of us here. The shepherds, verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they get up. It'd be really dumb if they didn't, right? An angel appears to you out of nowhere in the middle of the night. You're bored, watching Netflix on your phone, and the angel shows up, says, hey, go see this baby. It's the savior of the world. It'd be kind of ridiculous if they said, cool, but that's not for me. I think I'm going to stay here and, you know, watch these sheep. You'd be missing the point, right? No, this is good news. Go see the baby. Go hold the baby. Go see if Mary needs anything. Go see if you can get any water for Joseph. Go see what you can do. Go see the Savior that has come into the world. You're not going to get another chance. For all of us as well, we are called into the same thing. A baby has come into the world to save all things. How will you respond? Will you allow this message to pass through your ears and say, yep, we'll see him on Easter, we'll see him on Christmas next year? Or will you come and worship at the feet of the one who has come to save the world? Because he will save the world. He will bring about the redemption and the restoration of all things. And he wants you to be a part of it. So come. Worship him tonight. Because in the middle of the darkness that we experience, the only hope, the only light is this baby. If this is just a story that we tell ourselves on Christmas, and it's not actually real. If Jesus didn't actually die to save the world, if it's just a legend that kind of grew on and on, you know, and now we, now we you know, read the Christmas story uh, you know, on Christmas morning and drink our hot chocolate and open our presents and do what we do. But it's really just you know, a nice story, it's a nice myth that doesn't actually impact our daily lives. If that's true, if it's true that it's not real, 
then on nights like tonight, we have no hope. On nights like tonight, there's no hope of a resurrection, no hope that God will fix and undo all of the suffering and the grief that we experience. If it's just a story, I don't know what we're doing here. But if it's real, if the baby who laid in the manger 2,000 years ago did come to save the world, then there is light in the darkness. And it is worth coming and following with your whole life. Will you pray with me? Lord God, as we leave this evening, we pray that you would be with us. Lord, I pray that you would be with the families who go and enjoy Christmas Eve and Christmas morning with each other. I pray that, or the next few hours, the next day would be a time of joy and a time of rejoicing. And I pray that you would be with those who are full of grief this evening. I pray that you would give us the joy through hope, that we would see the new creation and look forward to the new creation. And I pray that you would fill us with a sorrowful joy that you are going to bring that about through the baby that came into the world 2,000 years ago. We praise you, O oh God, for who you are and for what you have done. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.